I have a scripture reading for this morning from the 20th chapter of Matthew, the 20th through the 23rd verses, and I'm reading from the Good News translation. Then the wife of Zebedee came to Jesus with her two sons. He bowed bef- she bowed before him and asked him for a favor. What do you want, Jesus asked her. She answered, promise me that these two sons of mine will sit at your right hand and your left when you're the king. You don't know what you're asking for, Jesus answered. Uh, You didn't know what you're asking for. Jesus answered the sons, can you drink the cup of suffering that I'm about to drink? We can, they answered. And you will surely drink from my cup, Jesus said to them. But I do not have the right to choose who will sit at my right and my left. Those places belong to those for whom my Father has prepared them. Now, let us bow our heads for prayer together. Just as the wife of Zebedee came to you, O Lord, so we come today. We come because you have, uh, you have the words that give us life at its best and life abundant. And we want to be in your presence just to feel you close and to sense something of your love and your power and to take time to pay tribute to very special people in our lives. So come and bless us as we think together on your word. Give me the words to speak. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. For we wait for you in the name and in the Spirit of Christ our Lord. Amen. And so we come to Mother's Day, or in the more liturgical churches, the festival of the Christian home. My heart always has a certain feeling in it for those people that have a hard time coming to Mother's Day because they just didn't have a very good experience with their mother. My heart goes out to them as uh, they have to come while others celebrate a good mother. They become even more conscious of how they must have missed something very, very good. So my heart goes out to them and would remind them that mothers are just like everybody else. They're human beings and will often make mistakes and make bad choices. My heart also goes out to those women who always wanted to be a mother. But for some unknown reason, they were never able to conceive a child. And there's a certain pain that must come to them when others come and have their babies baptized and when we come and pay tribute to mothers. And so my heart goes out to them as well. And I hurt for them. There are other women who have have chosen in life to just not have children, never to become a mother. And I respect that and honor them as well. But I had a good mother. I had 
I had a great mother. I had a remarkable mother. My mother lived to be 110 and a half years old. I have a picture of her on her 110th birthday. She looks like she's about 70 at the oldest right there. What a remarkable woman she was. I want, I'm going to tell you, she was, she was a little thing, but wound up tight. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, she, um, she didn't just live a long life. She lived every minute of it. You can count on it. In fact, it's kind of unusual to have a mother who had more speeding tickets than you had. <laughs> You know, the D on the gear shift, for her, that meant damn the radar full speed ahead. (laughs) She got a ticket for going 85 miles an hour in a 45 mile an hour speed. You know what she said to me about it? Said it was a speed trap. (laughs) (laughs) So my mom had a delightful sense of humor as well. And uh, she also had a spirit of adventure. Uh, when she was 103 years old, I took her down to Costa Rica. My youngest daughter has a, a hotel there. And in Nosara, Costa Rica, it's a, st- a small town on the Pacific that's known for surfing. And uh, my daughter is a very good surfer. And so I took my mother down, and we went down on the beach to watch my my daughter surf. And my mom turns to me and says, I want to do that. <laughs> I said, Mom, I'm, I'm in a lot better shape than you're in. And I couldn't even think about doing that. She said, well, I know I don't can't get out there in the big waves, but I just want to be in the shallow water. And stand on the surfboard and feel the surf. So at 103, there she is. <laughs> Can you believe that? 103 years old, standing on a surfboard. I had a remarkable mother. No question about it. But our scripture lesson for today is about another remarkable mother. The scripture says that... Uh, the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus. And um, the mother of the, uh, of the sons of Zebedee was, was a woman we know from other, trans, other scriptures that her name was Mary uh, Salome, a remarkable person. She was one of the women who stood at the foot of the cross as, Je- as Jesus gave his life. For the sins of the world. She was one of those women that took his body down and placed it in a barred grave. And she was one of those women who went to the tomb to prepare his body for final burial. Only to find that the stone had been rolled away and that he was not dead, he was alive. And she was one of those women who went and told the disciples, uh, he, is, he is alive, he is risen. What a remarkable person. But think of this. She was also the mother of the sons of Zebedee, James and John. 
Now, think of that. She was the mother of two of the disciples that Jesus picked. She had to be a remarkable woman. Two of her sons, they were in that inner circle of Jesus. There were three of three of the disciples were in the inner circle. Peter, James, and John. And those were two of two of the three were her sons. She had to be a remarkable woman. And certainly she was. But she was a woman. And as I think about her being a remarkable woman, I think this morning as we come to Mother's Day of the remarkable women in my own life. How fortunate I have been to have some very, very remarkable women. Most of my teachers when I was in elementary school and high school were women. And I think about them as I come to Mother's Day, how indebted I am to them. I can never, ever fully repay them for all that they gave me. They taught me about life and the mysteries of it all. They taught me how to read and how to write. But more than that, they taught me how to live life and hoped for me to have a productive life. They literally poured themselves into me. I think of of my black angel, Mary. How she poured the Spirit of God into me like I never experienced before. Taught me about the power, the greatness of prayer. Told me about Jesus like no one else. I think about neighbors that seem to help me grow up. We're raised by a neighborhood. Not just in a home. How fortunate I've been to have had some women in my neighborhood who seem to care about me. I think about my grandmothers, my grand, my grandparents, my grandmother, both of them. One of them seemed to have been given the God-given uh, direction to spoil me. And my other grandmother was given the God-given responsibility uh, to discipline me. (laughs) And I needed both of them. And I can't help but think of them as we come to this day. But Mary Salome wasn't just a woman. She was also a wife. She's told in this scripture we read together, she's the wife of Zebedee. Jesus called called James and John the sons of thunder. And I wondered if thunder was the name he gave to Zebedee or if he gave that name to Mary Sloan. One thing for sure you can, can count on that if If Zebedee was thunder, she was lightning. And if he was lightning, she was thunder. You ever notice how that seems to work in good marriages? They balance out each other. I've been fortunate enough to have two wives in my life. I outmarried myself both times. There is no question of that. 
But guess what? I don't know a single man in this room that didn't outmarry themselves. And if you think you did, you're in for trouble, believe me. <laughs> but this is a member of this church came to me not long after I married Patty. He said, Ryan, how'd you get Patty to marry you? I said, you know, that's an obnoxious question. <laughs> said, what you're saying in reality is that you're, you're not very good looking and not good looking enough to get a woman to marry you. And your personality is seriously lacking. And everybody knows a Methodist preacher doesn't have enough money to get somebody to marry him. How in the world did you do that? Well, Patty's uh, first husband owned a very popular sandwich shop here in Lakeland. And uh, when he passed away, she had to take over that business. It was a a six-day-a-week job. And we started dating. And it's hard to get dates in when she's working six days a week. So a lot of those evenings, I would prepare dinner at my house. And she'd finish work and come over and we'd eat dinner together. And one night while we were eating, after we had finished, I said, Look, Patty, you need to understand the wife does the shopping. The wife does the cooking. The wife cleans up the kitchen. And the wife cleans up the house. And she said, will you be my wife? (laughs) I said, that's a proposal. And I accept. True story. True story. And I got to tell you something. I make a pretty good wife. In fact, I love being a wife with her. And she makes a good husband. And I like being a good husband with her. That's what it should the way it should be, isn't it? There's something about that. I believe that Mary Salome and Zebedee were husband and wife together like that. And I celebrate wives. I celebrate marriages on Mother's Day. I thank God for happy homes and happy marriages. I thank God for my wife. And so should you. Especially on this day, Mother's Day, the festival of the Christian home. But then, Mary Salome did a very wise thing. She was a wife, she was a woman, but she took her boys to Jesus. She took each one of them. I love that picture of taking her boys to Jesus. A good mother does that, doesn't she? Makes sure that they get close to Jesus. In fact, she had the heart She wanted her children to be at the right hand and at the left hand of Jesus. She was taking her boys to where they ought to be in the presence of Jesus. 
when I was a senior in high school, we moved from Jacksonville, Florida, to Nashville, Tennessee. Senior in high school. I had all these dreams of what I was going to be doing my senior year. And we moved away. I, do you know how many girls' hearts were broken? <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> but when you move from being a rising up senior, your senior year to a new school, you go from maybe being something to being a nothing. And I had a hard time making friends with people. And what I did was I made friends with the people who were the easiest to get to be with, which is always what? The wrong kind of people. I got in with the wrong group, and sure enough, I got arrested. Now, I'm not going to confess to you what I did, but I will tell you this. It was, it was bad enough that I could have gone to prison with it. But thank God for the compassion of the policeman. Instead of taking me and arresting me, he took me home to my mother. I shall never forget that night. It was 2 o'clock in the morning when he rang the doorbell of my home. My mother finally came to the door in her robe, opened the door, and saw me standing there with a policeman. And he said, are you Mrs. Short? And she said, yes, I am, officer. Is there a problem? She said, is this your son? And she looked at me. And said nothing for a long time. I wanted to say, hey, mom, it's me. And finally she said, yes, officer. Is there a problem? And the officer confessed my sins to my mother right there. And I watched her as he did that. And finally he said, But instead of arresting him, Mrs. Short, we're going to turn him over to you. You do with him what you will. And uh, he left me with her. She said, come on in, son. I went in the door, and my father was out of town. Thank goodness he was out of town. (laughs) But uh, she said, go on up to bed. We'll talk about this in the morning. I believe that was the longest night I've ever been in. I wept, tossed and turned. And the Lord convicted me of all my sins. And I confessed that I was in need of a Savior in every form and fashion. I needed to be delivered from what would surely be my mother's wrath. I must have finally drifted away somewhere along in the evening. and I was awakened by the uh, smell of breakfast being cooked. My mother was not a cook. She very, very rarely fixed breakfast for us. 
but I smelled it. And I came down from my bedroom and there in the breakfast room was a table set, just one place setting. There was a dish with eggs and bacon and grits and biscuits. A big glass of milk. And she said, sit down, son. Eat your breakfast that I fixed for you. She said, but before you eat, I want to pray with you. She stood behind me and put her hand on me and prayed. I don't remember a single word of the prayer. In fact, I don't think I heard the prayer. My ears were filled with my tears as I heard my mom praying for me. I just became conscious of the fact that she was turning her boy over to Jesus. Putting me into his hands. It's a long time ago. In fact, it was 70 years ago. She put me in the hands of Jesus. And he's not finished with me yet. He won't let me go. He's never left me. He cleansed my soul. He washed the sins away. Along the way, he said, this is the way, right? Walk ye in it. But ever so foolishly, I would stray and wander away again. But my mom had put me into his hands. He wasn't going to let me go very far. He beckoned me back. Shake me clean again. Put me on the way. I'm so grateful that I had a mom who put me in the hands of Jesus because they're very good hands. That's what Mary Sloan did with her two boys. She brought them to Jesus, a good place. He wanted, she wanted him at the right hand and left hand. And Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking for. He said, are you able to drink the cup I drink of? Her two boys said, we're able. We're able. You see, a mother can only put you in the hands of Jesus. Then it's up to you and Jesus what happens after that. On this Mother's Day, let us remember that our parents, our mothers, put us into his hands. And let us to be able to say to Jesus, we're able. We're able to sit at your right hand and your left hand. Here am I, Lord. Bless me and use me. That's what we do on Mother's Day.
we recommit ourselves to what our mothers would want us to do. We recommit ourselves to Jesus. And that's the truth. Amen. Amen. Now may the blessings of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and abide with you. Keep you in His peace, grace, and glory now and forever and forever, forevermore. Amen. Amen.